welcome, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. This is wonderful. Um, today we're talking with a professor of sociology at the Indiana University. It's Christian Fakara. I first want to ask you, what is your involvement with the with the Amish and the Amish Ballet and Torah? Yeah, thanks for that. Around 2017, whenever I was invited out to a lunch with uh, with Joan Van Dyke, who is a professor of dance at the uh, university. And I think Joan's uh, initial interest was in involving members of the university in uh, assisting young Amish girls in particular, but both girls and boys uh, into uh, pursuing a GED. And so over a plate of key mile at the local um, uh, Thai restaurant, we uh, started to hatch a plan that's now going on, I guess it's uh, seven years. It's been a long time. It's been, what a wonderful process too. You got a full ballet. You have this event coming up in February. And and so what is what did you do to make this project where it is today? So I think Joan's interest in, in having a sociologist on board involves a couple of different roles. You know, first and foremost, you know, Joan was interested in exploring whether or not there's a widespread need within the Amish community uh, uh, for uh, advanced education and uh, also exploring whether there's a receptivity to that, um, you know, to that idea. If it was just one or two girls in the local community that wanted to pursue it, or if there's this broader need. So bringing a sociologist on board, we have different tools and techniques to try to answer that question. Um, I also think Joan was interested in pursuing this project in a culturally informed and ethical way. I think she understands having lived amongst the Amish that you know, there's lots and lots of efforts to maybe impose outside influence on the community and that uh, the Amish are not that receptive of that uh, type of effort. So to try to do this in conjunction and in a way that's culturally uh, sensitive uh, as, as an approach. And then finally, uh, in regards to the ballet, Joan was pursuing this, this really cool type of artistic form of devised theater and um and and also a a project where the students uh, and the uh, the dancers needed to have a little bit of a background about uh, Amish culture in order to create a theatrical piece that would be uh, appropriate. And so uh, my role was to provide some of my understanding of Amish culture and some of the sociological and psychological concepts that might inform our understanding of that culture and um, present that to the uh, to her students and to her dance company so that they could use that information in creating this, this pretty cool ballet. So let's start from your three options because it's very interesting, they're very different, um, but they all have a, an overarching goal, right? Um, the widespread need. So what did you come up with? What was the results for, is there a need for advanced education? And what was the reception from, from your research? Yeah. So, you know, there's this question, you know, we've, we've been 50 years since this major Supreme Court decision, Yoder versus Wisconsin, 
which uh, permitted the uh, Amish communities to allow their or to remove their um, their children from formal education after eighth grade. And being that you know, 50 years has passed since that decision, it kind of begs this question about whether or not uh, religious sects uh, should be treated as static. Should we view the Amish and uh, Amish culture and community and their needs as the same as they were 50 years ago? Or have they changed? And a good answer to that is looking both externally and internally. So from an external point of view, the answer is, we, we have seen some great deal of change amongst the Amish communities in the past 50 years. They've moved from being uh, agrarian based, so agricultural uh, farm based communities to uh, involving a lot more in the trades. So uh, going into the trades and for Amish uh, girls and women uh, moving into things like healthcare uh, and, and health aid assistance. Um, so the, the job market for Amish communities have really changed over the past 50 years. So externally, it seems to suggest that um, the answer to that is we shouldn't treat them as static, but I think we also need to look internally as well. So what we did is we put together a survey and we went out to Amish, uh, a small Amish community and the survey had some questions about, uh, you know, Amish uh, men and women's point of view regarding uh, viewing schooling, additional schooling as a means for providing for their families, for their communities, for their church, and whether or not they have an interest in something like a GED program. And, you know, if the answer was no to all of these, I think we would kind of just conclude externally, it might look like they've changed, but internally, they don't see the need for change. And that's kind of contrary to the data that we found between 19 and 51% of uh of Amish view additional schooling in our survey as a means to providing for their families. Between 33 and 66% of Amish, uh, based on our survey, view additional schooling as a means to provide for their communities. Between 18 and 50% of Amish view additional schooling as a means to providing for their church. And between 16 and 47% of Amish have an interest in learning more about GED certificate programs. When I look at these numbers, um, 19 to 51%, can you explain why there's such a big gap? Why it's such a big range? Yeah, um, part of it has to do, it's an artifact of the survey. So it's very, very difficult to survey uh, these uh, communities. And um, there's these statistical techniques that we use to estimate based on our survey answers, what the lower and the upper limit is, given the answers that the people who uh, gave in our survey answered. You know, we we don't have the, Joan, as you know, she's a force of nature, but she doesn't necessarily have, um, you know, several million dollars to, uh, you know, put into a very, very large and comprehensive survey. And so our survey is relatively small, and therefore we have these estimates that kind of have big ranges. But I think it's an important point to bring up, Brian, because one of the things that comes out in our survey that is that none of these estimates are zero, right? There is some portion of the Amish population 
that view additional schooling as a means to providing for their family, for their community, for their church. And there's at least a limited interest in pursuing GED certificate programs amongst this group. So, you know, if the answer was like zero, <laughs> I think, you know, we could conclude there wasn't, uh, there isn't really an internal need for change. But uh, this seems like there's a need. And I think when there's a need for a community, um, especially when you're located within that community, it's try to find a way to reach out and meet that need. Um, no matter what religious sect we're from, uh, I think we're all interested in helping each other, our brothers and sisters. So when you were doing these studies, what would you ask them, one? And what was their response? I mean, how did they respond to you as you were going around doing the studies? Yeah, so it was a really straightforward survey. So uh, we had um, a number of people who were very comfortable around uh, the Amish, including Joan, seek out members of the Amish to take their survey, uh, to take our survey. And we asked them very straightforward questions um, and, and made sure that those questions were worded in a way that met um, eighth to ninth grade level reading standards. So that when we asked the Amish, who we can assume only have an eighth grade education, that they could understand what we were asking them. So in regards to the those questions about uh, need for um, uh, providing for your family, we simply asked them, do you view additional schooling as a way to provide for your family? Yes or no? Do you view additional schooling as a way to provide for your community? Yes or no? Um, do you view additional schooling as a way to provide for your church? Yes or no? And what we were seeing is that not uniformly, people were answering no. Now, many in our survey answered no, but similarly, some were answering yes, a, a, a not insignificant portion we're saying yes, and we view schooling as maybe a, a route to this, which is very consistent with the changing job market. It's also interesting. I mean, you can argue. I mean, you can argue the fact that the majority don't want all of these, and the majority really want to keep the status quo. Uh, absolutely, but I think you know, education, uh, you know, and educational pursuits that that doesn't have to be a majority decision, um, and. Certainly, there's still a large portion of the Amish community that are agrarian-based, that they go and get their eighth grade education, and then they go back to their family farm, and they have a very successful and um, productive and fruitful life. For the portion of Amish that have to support themselves through the trades uh, or support themselves through other means, like working in healthcare, a lot of Amish, and this is especially true for uh, Amish girls and women, supporting themselves uh, and their families through working in healthcare or working in, um, a lot of them uh, go into like home housekeeping. Additional schooling might be a means for providing more for their family, for their church, uh, for their community. And, you know, being a sociologist and being a professor, I'm kind of curious, before this project ever came about, um, did you do research on education? And have you researched the impact of not having education in society? Yeah, uh, well, absolutely. I mean, one of the major areas in the field of sociology is studying the institution of education and its impacts. One of the things that we find uh, is that the greater the education, the more stability that a person has uh, in their home household. It has a whole bunch of different types of outcomes in your life in terms of, you know, better outcomes for health, better outcomes for um, family stability, uh, just a whole bunch of positive benefits. 
So, I mean, generally we are, uh, as sociologists, in favor of finding routes for people to, to receive greater amounts of education. With that being said, another important area of sociology is about cultural sensitivity. And we have to note that, you know, the Yoder versus Wisconsin decision was one that was based on ensuring that the Amish would be able to preserve their religious uh, culture. And so we have to balance those, those kind of uh, two things. And that's why I think Joan was really interested in having someone like me on board. It's not about imposing our educational aspirations on a community. It's about finding how these positive benefits of education can work best for a community that also has very, very specific uh, cultural, religious uh, needs and, um, and, and norms. It's an emotional, this is an emotional um, project. This is a cultural project and a societal project. We have to be sensitive to all of it. Yeah, I mean, ideally, at least what I would say would be ideal, Brian, is if we could come up with a solution that benefits uh, Amish individuals, young Amish boys and girls who want to pursue education, that they can pursue it while simultaneous, simultaneously um, preserving the Amish way of life, that we don't destroy uh, you know, a, a, a religious culture because of the needs of, um, you know, the educational needs of, of uh, the members of the community. If we can find ways that actually greater education supports that culture, I think that would be quite ideal. And, you know, it's interesting when I, when I, when I mentioned the numbers, right? You go, well, 19%, it's nothing. Well, that's 19% of the people who would love to be able to give that option. Yeah, let me let me uh, give that to you in like realistic numbers. In Indiana County in Pennsylvania, where my university is located, there's approximately, there's an estimate, this is one of our estimates, there's an estimated uh, number of um, Amish boys and girls as uh, that are moving through the first through age eighth grade level of education right now. That, that estimate is around 500 children. If you take that 90, that low number, 19%, that would mean 100 additional children in Indiana County would receive education past eighth grade that, they, that currently isn't being offered, offered to them. And so 19%, whenever you think about it as 100 children within a county, that's, that's big. Who you, did you interview? So if you're interviewing an eighth grader, of course I want to go to ninth grade, potentially. Then if you're interviewing somebody who's older, who's, who's been in the, who's lived the Amish life, and this is what it is, they're going to respond differently. Yes. And, uh, you know, that we didn't interview the children themselves. Mm. We're actually interviewing the adults and asking them to think back, you know, uh, retrospectively. And those were the numbers that we got. So it could be that there's a, a greater desire amongst the children, uh, you know, Amish boys and girls that we just haven't captured in our survey. And like I said, um, it would be great to capture that. And this is one of the reasons why I've stayed on board for so long uh, is that hopefully, you know, eventually we'll be able to do that. It's pretty heartening data to, to be interviewing adults and getting at least uh, some portion of those adults saying, greater education might actually be important for our community.
Let's talk about the ballet. Certainly. Let's talk about the ballet and and what has it done culturally. Yeah. So you know, I uh, love the um, the work that uh, Joan and uh, you and the uh, you know her entire troupe has done in developing this this ballet. A really wonderful experience to be along the uh, for the ride as this developed from maybe a couple of short um, portions of a, of a dance that gets workshop that gets turned into this, um, you know, this larger uh, a ballet that has a storyline and, um, you know, it, it tells a compelling story about Amish education. I think, you know, cold hard numbers like what sociology produces isn't always enough to move the ball. Um, and when you're talking about you know this this artifact of uh, Amish education that's protected by a Supreme Court decision. I don't think that a survey is going to overturn that decision. It isn't going to um, garner the interest of of many uh, people. So developing an artistic story that targets this this issue, I think, is uh, immensely beneficial. And it, it's been a, a really, really cool experience to see it develop. And I'm looking forward to the future of it. And I, I said it before, and I'll say it again on this podcast. You know, it has uh, Tony capabilities. If, if, if you're continuing to workshop it, develop it, um, it, it, it has that kind of really interesting it factor that I think people are going to gonna love the more that it's, it's put out there. And it puts it, the story um, simple. The, the path from beginning to end. It does create an emotional ride for you also, but we also have to keep, like you had said, the Amish still, they have their, they have their culture. We might be emotional about it, but we have to be very sensitive to their way of life too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the ballet itself is a love story. It's a story about the clash of cultures but it's also a story about the um, the capability for cultures to mesh and intersect and be harmonious as well. So, and I think that that's truly like, you know, if you if you go into communities that have a large Amish population, you you see that right. Mm -hmm. uh, there's uh, even though we tend to think of the Amish as being a a group that cuts themselves off from the quote unquote English. There's a lot more permeation and integration than than one would expect. If you go into a community like Punxsutawney, like where Joan lives, you know, you shop next to the Amish. They come and you know they may be working in your household as a as a housekeeper. They may be helping to build an, an addition on on your home. You may be selling uh you know selling goods or services to them. There's a lot more integration than what I think we tend to give credit to, and I think that the the dance, uh, the the ballet kind of captures some of those tensions in ways that a survey couldn't. Agreed. And culture, in this ballet specifically, brings all these different places all as one. And when you watch it, you see the journey. And you're watching the whole journey, what we were just what we were talking about. Yeah, absolutely, Brian. And I think, you know, one of the benefits of us of this type of research helps us to even reflect back on our own culture. So if we can find ways to reach out to a community that has a Supreme Court decision that kind of restricts, um, 
you know, restricts Amish boys and girls from going past the eighth grade. Uh, a community that doesn't necessarily su fully support, but we see some support for education past the eighth grade. If we can find ways to develop programming that's sensitive to them, we can then look back at our own culture and say, wow, look at all of the, um, the lack of opportunity amongst our own members of our own communities regarding education. And if we can create programming that reaches out to you know, members of the Amish community, we might learn some things about reaching out to uh, members of our own community that might have stopped out or dropped out or, or might have some needs to, to continue to pursue their uh, education for themselves. This is a great conversation, Christian. We can talk a long time for this, but you know, I think we we touch on some very important um, topics, from understanding our our cultures around us, to actually, and also at the same time, understanding the benefit of education. We can do both. So I, I you know, Christian, I really really appreciate your research on this because it really helped with me as a performer in the ballet, understanding the ballet itself. And this is actually opens my eyes up the whole understanding of what we we're talking about, right? So, well, Christian Vicario, the professor of sociology at Indiana University, that's in Pennsylvania. Thank you very much for uh, talking about this. Thank you for your time and 